Hi, this is Hope. This is Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Me Radio. This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Kalo, makers of the silicone wedding ring. The Kalo silicone ring is the functional wedding ring for an active lifestyle. Kalo's rings are durable, comfortable, and always safe for your finger. No matter where your active lifestyle takes you, Kalo makes it possible for you to never go without your wedding ring again. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of No Meat Athlete Radio. I'm Matt Frazier. Co-host Doug Hay is out for one more episode today, but next time he will be back and we will be back to normal. So in this episode, I've got something a little bit different from what we've done in the past, uh, just in the same way that my recent blog posts about the Miami No Meat Athlete Group and the Virginia Beach No Meat Athlete Group are a little bit different from the typical content that I publish on the blog. With most of the content that we do at No Meat Athlete, the focus is on health or fitness topics, uh, the idea of how you can do those things better, how you can run faster or further, uh, how you can cook better or healthier, or it's content that will inspire you, I hope, to do those things better. This episode's a little bit different because it's not about those topics. Instead, it's about what I like to call picking yourself. And that term is not one that I made up. It's borrowed from Seth Godin, who is a huge inspiration and mentor of mine. Uh, He's an author, started out as a marketing author back in 1999, I believe, and since then has really shifted more towards um, topics like motivation, but not in the typical Tony Robbins way, um, coming at it more from from looking at, at the reasons why why are we afraid to do things and how can we not avoid that fear but dance with that fear, use it um, as kind of a weather vane to tell us like, yes, I'm scared of this because this is an important thing for me to do. And he writes a lot about the concept of picking yourself, which is basically just saying that in with the modern technology and the connection that the internet offers us, you don't need to wait around to be picked anymore, to be a leader, to be an artist, to be a performer, to be a writer. I mean, whatever it is you want to do, it's very unlikely that there's one single person or small handful of people who now controls your fate like it used to be, where the where the network executives or the music executives would choose who the next star was. And that's all gone now because those systems that supported that way of doing things have really collapsed now that technology and connection allows Anyone with a laptop to basically have a printing press in their house, and anyone with a microphone and a computer to basically have a recording studio. So that's what Seth means when he talks about picking yourself. Don't wait around to be picked anymore. Just get started and pick yourself. And to me, that's what our No Meat Athlete running group leaders have done. And Alex and Jeanette Ruiz, in particular, they're the leaders in Miami, which was one of our very first groups to really stand out as successful and start drawing people and do fun things and get these tons of people in photos together they've actually gone a step further now with trying to really to change their city to change miami to move it more towards a plant-based friendly town city really by by having that conversation on a podcast they went ahead and started a podcast because of what being the leaders of the Nomad Athlete Group kind of woke up in them, it seems, and the way that it connected them with the people in the area who they maybe didn't realize were around. They said they didn't know all that many plant-based people before and even considered moving to another city at some point. But instead, this opportunity came along, and they really just kind of stepped into it. I think the story's great, and mostly what I hope to do with this is to inspire you. First of all, if 
the running group's idea interests you and you haven't joined your local running group yet, uh, or if there's not a local running group near you yet for No Meat Athlete, then consider starting one. Consider being a leader and picking yourself and doing something like that. Second of all, they've started a podcast. It's called Planted in Miami, and it's about the plant-based culture in Miami. Start something like that where you are. I mean, just I'm hoping to, if you've got that that desire inside of you, but you're looking for that push to actually get going, an example of someone who's done something like what you'd like to do, then I think this episode is going to really be enjoyable for you and give you a lot of useful stuff, uh, not just inspiration and strategy, but the actual tactics at the end. We talk a little bit about how they actually went about starting their podcast because I know a lot of people get stuck with the details of that. So enjoy the episode. This was certainly a fun one for me to do because, as you've probably heard me mention many times on the podcast, the Running Groups Project is one of the most meaningful parts of what I do at No Meat Athlete to me because, for me, just the the image, the idea of all these different groups around the country and around the world even meeting week in, week out, or once a month, whatever it is, under the No Meat Athlete banner without me there. To me, that feels like this is a movement that's much, much bigger than me. And it's really growing quickly, so it's really just a pleasure to watch that happen. And likewise, it was a pleasure to sit down with Alex and Jeanette, hear their story, and I hope you're inspired as I am by what they've done. Hey, it's Matt. I'm with Alex and Jeanette Ruiz, uh, the leaders, or two of the, the three leaders of our Nomad Athlete Miami running group and founders of a brand new podcast called Planted in Miami. And uh, it's really a pleasure to have you guys on. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for inviting us. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I think I think it's amazing what you guys are doing on there, not just with the with the Nomad Athlete group, which I think itself is awesome because it's one of our, uh, by far one of our most active groups. And I think, you know, it's just amazing to see the pictures and the videos that you guys make. Uh, but after I visited, I, I kind of just, you know, just got the sense that, that you really are doing at the beginning of doing something really great in the city. Uh, and I think I just kind of wanted to highlight that and, and, uh, give you a chance to talk about how you've been successful with the running group and how, just the, the way that you've kind of stepped into this role of like, yeah, I'm a big fan of Seth Godin who, who talks a lot about the idea of picking yourself and uh, the idea is that you know there aren't there aren't big powerful organizations anymore that just choose who's going to be uh, heard and who's going to be the leader. So there's there's more opportunity than ever for people just to choose that they themselves are going to make change by say starting a new podcast or leading a group. I mean, there's just so many different things you can do to kind of step into that role. And I think you guys have done such a great job of that. Uh, and, and I hope other people will be inspired to do the same thing. Thank you. So. <laughs> Just uh, for a little bit of background, how did you come to to this lifestyle, to the plant-based and fitness lifestyle in Miami? Uh, well, I I was a vegetarian for many years for health reasons, and um, I would just cook separate meals because I cook every night for Alex, and I would just cook us separate meals, and Alex had really no interest in it until what? What happened? Um, I read a book called Eat and Run by Scott Jurek, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you know, I'm very familiar with. And um, it kind of just blew me away that he was able to run these types of distance, distances on a plant-based diet. And I always say the one thing that really stood out to me in that book was how he talked about how he was never really sore um, and that he could recover so quickly. And obviously being a runner and always trying to get any type of edge, um, I thought I'd give this a try. And so you were already a runner before that? Yeah. 
Okay. I was. Gotcha. And how long, when was, when did this happen? I guess it must have been after his book came out, which was 2012 or so. Yeah, that was right around that time. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and you guys were in Miami at that time already? Yes, we were. Okay. Yeah, yeah I've lived here all my life and Alex is a transplant. That's right. <laughs> right. Via Maryland, right? Yep. That's right. Because we... Because you're a red, are you a Red Sox fan? Is that correct? I remember seeing a picture of you. Yeah. How did that happen in Maryland? I don't understand that. (laughs) Well, I went to school in Boston, so okay. Agencies are kind of all over the place. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) I'm 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 an Orioles fan, so it's in my blood to not like the Red Sox at all. But what are you gonna do? All right, so let's talk about Miami. Um, I I didn't really know much. I mean, I'd never been there before. I visited you guys after the vegan cruise back in March, and. Didn't really know anything about the plant-based scene. It certainly wasn't um, on my list of cities that I thought our running groups would be popular. It wasn't like um, – and in fact, that list turned out to be completely wrong anyway. It's the cities that I thought would be really easy to get groups going have turned out to be more difficult. And uh, places like Miami that I didn't think would would be good have turned out to be good ones. So um, – but, but I kind of sensed there – I just got the, the feeling from you guys that, that it had sort of been lacking until very recently – had kind of been lacking in the vegan scene isn't the right word, but uh, the opportunities to get involved in this sort of um, new plant-based lifestyle where it's about the environment, it's about health, and it's about animals too. Um, but ha- is that correct? Like, has it sort of been slow to adopt that sort of thing that other cities have kind of caught on in the past decade or so? Yeah, I think Definitely. yeah, I think absolutely. I think what it was with us before you put that call out to um, everyone to start up the running groups that we we just isolated ourselves because we didn't think there were many people like us, you know, like who had lived a plant based lifestyle and that kind of thing. Um, so we were really shocked that there there are a lot of people here. It's just there's no uh, there's no way of connecting us, even with social media, which is surprising. I mean, now right. we've seen. I don't know if we notice it now because we we were doing the running group or or what, but I mean there is there are a lot of changes being made in Miami and and we're ecstatic that we're a part of it. Right. So were there? I mean, I don't. Are there? Are there just not many restaurants? I mean, I think I think in, I know at least of two, but have have there not been that many for a city of its size? Is that the primary issue? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's definitely not as many options as you'll find in Austin or Portland or cities like that, but it's slowly um, gaining momentum. And recently, a uh, vegan bakery opened up not far from us, and there's other restaurants that are going to be opening in the the near future. So it's definitely, you know, getting momentum, and uh, Miami's definitely um, being put on the map, I believe, as a forward-thinking, uh, you know, plant-based, socially conscious type of city. And, and a lot, and you know what? There's a lot of small restaurants that people don't even know about that we don't even know about. Like, we went to this place on Friday that was an Indian restaurant, and they had a complete, their whole menu was vegetarian or vegan, and I had never heard of this place ever, but it's because <laughs> we met, we met someone from a meetup, and, you know, that kind of thing. They said, hey, you should go here, and so, like, I think we're just discovering these places, and we're sharing it with everybody, and then everybody else is supporting them, so it's like we're just helping, helping it grow. Right, right. And I mean, Miami certainly has the climate for it because when we were there, we went to this market that uh, I think Annie recommended, Annie, who was the co-leader, of course, of the Miami group. And uh, it was just, I mean, it was, it was I don't know, early, you know, mid-March. 
and just amazing fruit and vegetables and things at this market that I was it's like if this was everywhere else, you know, any other city would would it just would be so great. It make make being vegan in another place so easy just to have this availability of fresh and local produce. Um, so I'm I'm really glad to see that that it's not being wasted. You know that that it is going towards helping people be vegan. Yeah, uh, which is awesome. <laughs> so what? Um, you mentioned that that before you felt felt I guess sort of isolated and just kind of kept to yourselves about this and did it on your own. Um, is that is that accurate? I mean, is that is that how it was? Like, it's just funny to me that now suddenly you guys are so active in in leading this this movement in in, in this a small scale for sure, but like a scale nonetheless and it's just funny too i'm just kind of wondering like what was it like before last fall before uh you guys volunteered to, to lead the nomad athlete group was it just was it really just that you were just doing it by yourselves and kind of getting by yeah and i mean we were at a crossroads um because when you when you put out that call um to action um for these running groups we were actually in portland and that's why we couldn't i couldn't do the google chat that day we were in portland and we were so blown away by Portland um, that we actually were like, we have to move here. <laughs> yeah, like this like this is it. Like we're coming here because we we kind of I don't want to say we had it with Miami, but we we just kind of felt frustrated living this lifestyle. We didn't really know anybody. There weren't options. People, we, there wasn't anyone that we can relate to. Everyone thought we were crazy. Nobody. <laughs> yeah, and in Portland, I mean, it's it's the complete opposite, you know, and. You know, and it's beautiful on top of all of that. Um, and then when we got back to Miami and we started the No Meat Athlete uh, Miami Running Group, it, it just changed everything. I mean, the first run, we only had five people. But by the second run, I think it had ballooned to like 20. And then we just started meeting all of these individuals who knew other people. And we, you know, started finding out about so, so many other people that uh, were living this lifestyle and it, it kind of just, we started to build this community and it just, you know, it was just like a domino effect and it, and it just ballooned so quickly. And right now we're up to 171 members. And <laughs> I mean, it still kind of blows our mind. I yeah. think that uh, we have so much traction and it's been getting such a great response. Uh, and we're so thankful that we've met so many people like this. Yeah. I mean, Matt, to say that this running group changed our life is not an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really incredible, you know, how um how we've been able to connect with people on so many different levels and, and we're grateful. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. <laughs> I mean, you don't need to thank me. I'm I'm grateful for you guys of what, what you've done really. And and hearing you put it that way, I didn't really quite realize um or it hadn't hit me that it I, I knew this story that that you were thinking about moving to portland um but it just it just suddenly like hit me like what what a difference that is in mindset like you can you know i i did the same thing when i when i first visited portland that was what kind of inspired us to actually move out of um where we were near baltimore maryland uh we said we got to go somewhere that just fits this lifestyle better um and so like you know we we moved and we moved to Asheville, north carolina which turned out to be really great it has fit the lifestyle very well has kept us on the east coast so that's wonderful but i think it's really really cool that for you guys it was like we can either move to this new place which is what most people do that's sort of the natural reaction to finding a new place that fits your lifestyle or we can actually just change our own city and or, or at the very least change our situation within our city and uh i think i think it's incredible that that there is that the connection exists now to do that sort of thing. 
um, which is which is really what I wanted to talk about for this whole thing. So I think that's it's awesome. It's it's commendable, and uh, I, I hope other people kind of sense what I'm trying to get at there. That that you can that it it's no longer that you have to leave. You can actually make change yourself now, and uh, I think it's just amazing. That's yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. So um, why why then did you say yes? Like what? How come you wanted to lead a group when I did? ask for volunteers to lead groups was it just out of kind of frustration thinking that this might make a change like that for you guys or was it more just like hey let's do this because why not <laughs> yeah we we wanted to meet like-minded individuals yeah i remember alex he was like oh should i do it should i not do it you know I was like, do it i'm like if you're thinking about it because once you sent the email right away he forwarded it to me and he was like, huh, you know, and, and right away I planted that seed. And I'm like, well, if you keep thinking about it, then I think you should absolutely do it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I'm glad you did. Um, so so you mentioned that the first one had five people show up. And, right. and that's that's not uncommon at all. In fact, I think there have been many where, where it's one or two people show up for the first time. Um, and Seth Godin, who I mentioned before, who talks about picking yourself, also talks a lot about this concept called the dip. And it's the idea that when you start something, uh, a new exciting thing, there's going to be that initial momentum. It's going to be fun and you're going to be excited about it. And then there's going to be a period that lasts anywhere from a few days to a few weeks to a few months where you're in the dip. And it feels like you're you're in the spot that you need to push through and the spot that um, because this dip exists, there are opportunities to start things and make things happen because most people aren't willing to push through a period where it is difficult um, or, or they'll, they'll quit during that period rather than deciding at the outset that, um, if, if you're going to quit, you know, just don't start. It's not worth starting if you're going to quit when it gets difficult. So I'm just wondering, like, did you guys, did you guys have much of that or was it basically one, one run, five people. And then after that, it was just started, started to get big. Yeah. I think it was one dip. One quick, one quick. <laughs> but you know what a lot of it too was, um, going into it without any expectations, like doing it just out of the desire to do it and like whatever comes of it comes of it, you know? So when we got five people, we're like, okay, like we, you know, like we said, we weren't expecting anyone to show up. you know. Right. So we're like, okay. Some people showed up. That's fantastic. And then same thing. Second run. We're like, okay, let's do this again. And I think it was more like 15 people showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're like, Oh wow. Okay. So 15 people. And then the third one, we're like, Holy crap, what is going on? <laughs> so like, you know, like, I don't know, like we wanted it to be successful, but if it, if it wasn't, we were okay with that too. At least we tried. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but I don't think we had much of a dip. Good. And, and, and I think a lot of it has to do uh, with our activity on, on the Facebook page. Uh, we always make it a point to, you know, learn the people's name and, you know, before we even go out there, we kind of see that they joined and then that, that they joined. And when we see them, you know, we say, Hey, you know, how are you doing? And I think sometimes it shocks people that we know their name already. Uh, so it shows that we're active. We always greet the members as soon as they, as they join the group within a day or two. Um, and we're just, it's a, it's a community. Definitely. We're always interacting, asking people how we're doing. It's not just, we do this run once a month and then you don't hear from us again on, on, on social media, on Facebook. And I think that's been a big um, reason for the success of this group. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that. Cause I had just the other day after having already written the blog post about you guys and kind of the, the things that I had noticed that uh, I thought were, were responsible for the success of your group. Uh, I, I saw a post like that on Facebook from you welcoming someone to the group, and I was like, hey, I didn't realize they did that. Uh, but that, that makes so much sense that, that, that when as soon as someone joins it, just a little quick welcome 
does tell them like this yes this is actually an active thing it's not just this defunct facebook page that exists like so many others um so what i mean you know i i know it's probably gonna be similar things of what i've noticed but i'm just curious like from your perspective what what is the one thing or the few things that that have made it successful because part of the reason for this call is that i want other people who are listening who are starting running groups or thinking about it to uh you know just to hear what your what your mindset is and to get be able to bring a little bit of that back to their group uh because you guys have, been, have had so much success so what what would you say is is the the reason if there is one or if there are a few uh for the re- for the popularity of the group i mean i think number one would be interaction i mean just really um interacting with each individual um and just you know showing that we're just you know we care we care about them and what they're doing and you know what they're trying to do and we do things outside of no meat athlete as well so if someone has a uh, a charity a event. charity event that uh, that they're putting on we'll go out and we'll support them as well so it's a you know it's a symbiotic type of thing yeah and we we uh, I guess you have to have it um, the desire to really learn about other people and the desire to really want to connect with people. So when you're sitting in front of somebody and you're having breakfast or you're running with them, like I mean, we've done. Alex and I have been runners for many many years, and we've been part of running groups. Um, so we we know the com- the kind of camaraderie that can be built built through that. Um, so it's just natural for us to really want to to connect with these people and, and to learn about them. And, and it makes a difference because the, you know, the next time you see them, you're like, well, Hey, how's your cat Larry or something? <laughs> <laughs> or, you know what I mean? It's just like, just really wanting to find people that you can be friends with. Um, so it's, it's just not just a running group that you kind of just see these people every now and then, you know? Yeah. And I think we can learn from, from everyone. Everyone has a story, you know, and um, it's always good to just kind of tap into them and, see where they're at, uh, maybe, you know, one small little comment or thing that you do could change someone's traje- trajectory. Um, and you never know how you can affect someone. And in our last run last Sunday, we got like the best compliment yet from this lady who I think it was her first or second time out there. And she's like, you know what? I've been a part of a lot of running groups or I am in a lot of running groups. And by far, this is the best running group. And I can't wait until the next, the next run, you know? And, <laughs> and for us, that was like, Wow. You know, it just just makes it all so worthwhile. And, you know, and we're all inclusive as, I mean, as you know, Matt, like you always say that you could be, uh, you could be a vegan, a vegetarian or a veg curious or whatever. And we really, really practice that. So we had someone come out last um, Sunday and she was asking us all kinds of questions and um, she felt comfortable. You know what I mean? Like she wasn't, she didn't feel like she was going to get attacked because she eats meat, you know? Um, And that that's, that's just not what we're about. We're really about, um, promoting the lifestyle, not kind of shoving it down your throat. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think another thing that makes a group successful is, is just we're, we do it once a month. Um, and I think it gives people something to look forward to. Whereas if we were to do it every two weeks or every week, um, it's hard. Yeah. I mean, I think it's hard just planning it out, but it wouldn't be as you, you wouldn't look forward to it. I don't think as much. Yeah. I think it's a good point. Uh, I think, and especially being in a big city like Miami, where there's tons of stuff to do all the time, uh, I think that's especially important. It, it seems that in the smaller cities, people can do it and, and maybe should do it more than that. Um, some we've had a lot of success with some weekly groups, but those are in places where it is, you know, like Oklahoma City, where it is almost nothing to do for for vegans as far as meeting others like them. So um, definitely varies based on the city, and I think even the leadership style. I've seen it, different ways of of it being successful. So like you guys. Um, 
the way you do things strikes me as particularly i don't know if nurturing is the right word um or you know it almost seems like you're like the parents of the group and (laughs) you know and like just because you take like you said you take the time to welcome every single new person who comes in um i noticed when we ran together that alex stood at the turnaround to like help people know exactly where that was Jeanette, you stayed in the back to make sure that you were. I think it was right. It was in this you. Um, yeah, stayed, Jeanette, just, our, he's our anchor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is that just some excuse, like so that you can be the slowest one and you don't have to feel bad about it? <laughs> I, I assume that role. It's all good. <laughs> right. No, but I think that's that's really. I mean, because no one wants to come out to a running group and and be left behind. And I right. think that's there are probably a lot of people who just who would go out to running groups, but for that fear. That, that they're going to be the slowest one. So I think just to have that mentality that there's nobody is going to be left behind, um, I don't know. It just, it just to me seems that you guys are very hands-on in the way that you guys um, kind of kind of help everyone else who's in the group. And and that's that's different from others. Like some of them, even some successful ones, are it's more like the leader kind of blends in with everyone else. And it's like, yes, I'm officially the leader, but it's kind of just everybody's thing. And we all just, you know, we all just help out and make the stuff happen. But you guys are definitely very much hands-on and nurturing. I think that's I think that's fantastic and clearly a formula for for having success with them. Let's take a minute to acknowledge our sponsor, Kalo. This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Kalo. The Kalo silicone ring is the functional wedding ring for the active lifestyle. Made from hypoallergenic medical-grade silicone, Kalo rings are safe, durable, and comfortable enough for all of life's greatest adventures: in the gym, on the trail, at the job, and everywhere else. Kalo was founded in 2013 by Ted Baker and Casey Holiday, two married guys who got tired of taking off their metal rings every time they wanted to work out, surf, work with their hands, or enjoy the outdoors. Ted and Casey loved their wives and wanted to show their commitments all the time, so they came up with a solution to their problem, the durable, comfortable silicone rings. The Kalo community is full of elite crossfitters, NFL quarterbacks, police officers, firefighters, triathletes, Olympians, and yes, vegetarian super endurance athletes who, just like Ted and KC, place the highest value on their commitments to all of life's greatest adventures. Kalo rings start at only $15.99, so go to Kalo.com, that's Q-A-L-O dot com, and use the promo code NOMEAT, all one word, at checkout to get 15% off your purchase. Kalo, we do. So, um, what, uh, what's next? You mentioned going to people's charity events and things like that, and I know you guys have got planted in Miami, and I want to talk about that for sure. Um, do you, any, any thoughts about what the future is for the nomad athlete group i mean obviously you want to keep growing it but um do you have any plans about about doing anything or or any sort of uh i don't know charity stuff or any other goals like that i know i'm kind of putting you on the spot here because i we haven't talked about this but um yeah well well just to say about the charity event our um one of our members she has um a charity called save for the save the strays and it's for placing um like dogs and cats with permanent homes so she had an event and we all went and we supported her there. And we definitely want to do more stuff like that. We um, There's going to be a 5K um, coming up in November for our seed plant-based food and wine festival. Right. And right away, um, one of the members, she posted, she's like, oh, we need to do this as a group. And everybody get our singlets and, you know, um, the, the and, you know, we'll all like go as a group, you know, like a, as a big group. And I was like, yeah. So we definitely don't have as many summer races down here, obviously, because like, <laughs> no one would survive. Um, but we are branching out and trying to do more things like that, where we um, support all of the members and whatever they're whatever they're doing. Like right. we haven't done that before, and um, and it, it's cool because we a lot. Of, I think how many people we had like about three or four 
members, in addition to us, go out to the charity event. Um, so it, it's cool. Like we definitely want to do things outside of the monthly run, um, but more of things supporting other members rather than us planning something. Right. Gotcha. Good. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what happens. It seems like for this this first year of these groups, really, it's only been, uh, I don't know, nine months or so now. Uh, and we had to get through the winter at first, which is, uh, except for Miami, a uh, very tough time to, to start running groups. Um, so I think I'm really excited now that now that like a good handful of them have gotten momentum and have a serious amount of members showing up. I feel like that this first year has kind of been about getting them going and getting them to grow. And once we do have numbers, it seems that there's going to be a lot more chance to kind of do things like, you know, be seen as as people who are um, reaching out in the community, you know, whether it's involving restaurants and getting people to, um, I don't know, create, you know, create a vegan menu or a vegan dish for the group to come in and uh, maybe donate a portion of the proceeds to some certain charity, just kind of in pushing pushing is not even the right word, but advancing, uh, you know, what, what we, this cause and, and doing it in a way that is different from the way other groups, most other groups do it, which I, I don't definitely don't want to be, you know, the pushy in your face kind of veganism. That's not a message that I really like spreading. And I think, uh, I'm, I'm just really excited for this next year to see how we can use these groups to spread the message in a, in a very different way from that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's all about raising awareness and, you know, letting people know about it. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and I think letting people see that, that you can do this and be normal and just like, be like, Hey, those look like fun people who run and then go get food. Um, not, not those are people who are protesting something or whatever, which is, you know, has its place for sure. I'm not, not dissing people who, who spend their time and are passionate enough to go protest things. Uh, but I think, I think what is needed is also the other side. And that's kind of what I hope that these provide for people. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, totally. So on that sort of note, um, let's let's talk about Planted in Miami, which is which is you guys stepping into um, a sort of a leadership role beyond this nomad athlete group and, and sort of saying we want to change, help to change the city or highlight what the things that are going on in the city that uh, that are worth highlighting and talking about. Can you give us uh, a little bit of just uh, the the story behind that? Yeah, we, um, well, like we said, after we started the running group in October, um, we started meeting all of these people and that had such incredible stories. And we were like, you know, it'd be really cool to start a podcast. And then, okay, let's start a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of really crazy. Like Alex threw it out there and I said no right away. And then (laughs) we hemmed and hawed and then we bought a whiteboard and put it on there and the rest (laughs) is history. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we just, I mean, again, we're inspired by the group and all these, um, after meeting so many people and again, talking about everyone has a story um, and we're like, wow, you know, there's like people down here doing incredible stuff. You know, I mean, first I was like, hey, you're vegan too. Okay, we're running together. But then as we got to know them, it's like, wow, you're an activist and you're a farmer and you're doing this. And, you know, we're like, wow, the people down here need to know that. Miami isn't just about South Beach, partying, partying, right? Um, That there's people here who are, you know, doing, raising awareness, um, inspiring others um, through their actions. And we wanted to specifically highlight those individuals who are living right here in their very own backyard so they could get to know them and possibly, you know, connect with them, Uh, maybe take a class of theirs or just connect through social media and we're like, what better way to do this than a podcast? Right. 
and and it it appears that uh, that it's working from from my view where I am. It, it, I see you guys have like five episodes out. Um, uh-huh. It's very well produced, and and the graphic is really nice. And those are things you don't see often with with new podcasts. It seems that podcasts ha- kind of have this the reputation of being like really just thrown together shoddily and like you know <laughs> bad quality and all. This. But but yours is really good, and it, and it's awesome. And it looks like I saw it the other day it was in iTunes. I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, it was in like the what's. I don't know the the new and notable section or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, the new noteworthy. Yeah, yes. in some yeah. category. That was a screaming in the house moment. Not <laughs> <Right. laughs> uh, the things on our whiteboard, so yeah. we're happy to check that one off. Nice, good. Yeah, now you got to get in in what's hot, right? That's the next. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's hard to do. We we get in there now and then, but not not uh, consistently. We, I mean, we we've only had it for about a month, and um, the response has been really good, and we're. Like we we're doing it just like the running group, right? We we're just jumping into it because it's something that we we're passionate about, and we want to again, like you said, show people that you know living a plant based lifestyle isn't weird. You know, it's not it's not something for just a certain um, type of person that may pop up in your mind when you think of the the word vegan or vegetarian or whatever. Um, and just to to introduce people to other people who are, are, are living. And, and, and it's not just the vegan podcast as well. Like we have right. people on there like this, the, our latest um, interview, he's running across Cuba in November, a thousand miles in 30 something days um, because he came from Cuba on a kayak. Like his story is incredible, you know, and he, he doesn't happen to be vegan that we didn't talk about his diet not one time, you mm-hmm. know, um, but he is someone who is doing something amazing and we wanted to showcase his story, highlight his story. Um, so we're, we're having a blast. It's fun. Yeah. So it's definitely been a lot of fun and it comes out every other week. Um, our new one's coming out, not this Monday, but, but the next. And, um, like, like Jeanette said, we're, we're having a great time with it. And again, just meeting, meeting incredible people. Yeah. I think that's really important. I think, uh, it's one thing to like position something as like, yeah, this is a vegan podcast for vegans only. Um, and, and I mean, as good a name as no meat athlete is because it rhymes. It's unfortunate (laughs) for me that like, it does sort of scream that like, this is for vegans and vegetarians. Uh, I wish there. I wish it conveyed a little bit better that the attitude that like it's not just for that. Like it's also kind of for people who are at all curious about the lifestyle. Um, so I think I think you guys with with your name planted in Miami did a really nice job of that. Like it, at at first glance, seeing that name, you, it might not occur to anyone that plant is in there as a as a pun or you know as a two meanings. Um, right. So I think I think that's really cool, and I think it's it's definitely uh, something that works well. Just just having it be about these themes for sure, but not explicitly a vegan podcast. Like, you know, look at Rich Roll's podcast. You know, his his is about plant-based stuff, but he has plenty of guests who aren't. He has plenty of guests who are just, like you said, doing amazing things. And when in the background of that is the story about um, diet and what, what this particular diet and lifestyle can do for things far beyond just individual diet, but also the planet and things like that. Uh, there's, there's a lot, it's, it's a very appealing model for, for change and, and spreading a message, I think. So you guys are doing fantastic with that. Thank you. Have you, have you hit that, uh, the dip phase yet with, with this? So you've, you've had five episodes. Has it been, have you put out one every two weeks? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we launched with two and then we've done two, uh, we did two Seems, more, oh, but then yeah. we also did a bonus one. Right. Which where I was like a. Two weeks in a row. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. So we, we, uh huh. So we, I don't know if we've hit a dip yet. Like, we, I mean, I don't know what to expect. You know, we have no idea what to expect with a podcast. Yeah, we don't yeah. know what, what 
you know, good numbers are or whatever, but we're, we're happy with what's coming back with the analytics, you know? Yeah, so totally. Far, and, so. I, and that's how, that's how you should be with those sort of things. It's just like, it, I don't know, starting a new blog, starting a new podcast, inevitably there's, there's the beginning when, when sometimes it feels like you're talking to nobody or, or you're writing to nobody. And, uh, and that's a hard period to get through, but I think it seems that you guys have, have done a nice job of, I don't know, it, from, like, again, from my perspective, it just seems like things are going really well and like, uh, it just seems like a, a really hip and active thing. So I think it's very cool. You know, yeah. we, uh, we actually had a, um, on our last one, we talked about us rescuing a bird. And <laughs> yeah. It was like a comedy of errors with Alex and I trying to rescue this bird. <laughs> but what was really cool was just that same week, one of our listeners, she came across a bird that was injured and she knew what to do. She took it to the same place that we took it to. And then she posted on, on her Instagram account that she did it thanks to us. And that made my day. I'm oh, like, yeah. If I can get one per if we connect if we could like make an impact on one person, like seriously, it's completely worth it. Yeah, it makes it worth it. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. And and just one more thing about the podcast is um we're we're really about supporting local. Um so obviously we're we're interviewing locals and um we make it a, a point to, you know, go out to restaurants and bakeries and, you know, foundations and like this this uh sweat for the strays and save the strays and just being very active in the community and talking about it on the podcast, um, on Instagram. And again, it's all about forming community. Um, so, uh, we're definitely active in that, in that way. You know, I, I wanted to ask you about that idea, uh, the idea of doing a local podcast, because I think, I think for a lot of people, that's probably something that, that has crossed their mind, uh, that it'd be cool to have a podcast about this particular city or about this movement in this city. Uh, but I think a lot of people are afraid to do that because they think we can't limit ourselves like that, that we'll never succeed by focusing on such a narrow audience compared to the entire world who you can also reach with a podcast. Um, but when you when you call something planted in Miami, even if you say that it's not just about Miami, and I saw, I was looking at some of your guys' reviews, and there were some people saying things like, this is cool even if you're not in Miami, this is worth listening to. But when you call it planted in Miami, you're you know, you are shutting out most of the, of the world, 99.9% of the world. This is now not for, um, but I, that ends up being, of course, a huge asset because, because then the people who it is for say, wow, this is really for me. Like this is, you know, this isn't just a plant-based podcast. This is plant-based in Miami. And that's exactly what I am. Somebody might say, and then suddenly it's, and then suddenly it's, it's their favorite new podcast. So, uh, I'm just wondering like, what was, what was the mental process in, in, doing that like were you worried about that sort of thing that should we not narrow ourselves this much you know i wasn't alex was oh yeah i was a little bit hesitant at first and we we kind of went back and forth with it but Jeanette kind of convinced me you know uh kind of showed me the big picture of it all right yeah i you know what because i would i don't know i guess if i were to hear of a planted in portland podcast or a, you know a planted in austin i would definitely tune in because I would be curious to see what what places they would highlight, you know, the stories that they would tell. Mm -hmm. um, so I think even though you're right, I know that it would probably be obviously more popular with people who live in Miami, but there are a lot of people out there who, who love Miami, who visit very frequently. We get, right. a, you know, and I think that they would be interested in it too, especially if they're, you know, uh, veg curious or vegetarian or vegan um, because they'd want to find out places that they can go or maybe, you know, whoever we highlight or whatever, maybe they can cook up with those people in some way. So I don't know. Like I think finding a niche is, is was necessary and I, I, it just made sense to me for some reason. Yeah. And, and I, and I mean, still 
the stories and, and the people that we interview, um, it's their story. And it doesn't matter if they're here planted in Miami or if they're in right. Right. North Carolina. We had a yoga instructor and her story and it doesn't really have any – yeah, there, she mentions Miami and she, and she came down here and stuff. But just the general story, um, it's, it's it doesn't universal. matter where you are, right? Yeah. It, it's universal, and that's the great thing. So we, we can kind of combine the two the two things together. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, I think it's good. I think it's, I think it's good I think that you were good. brave enough to narrow it like that because it's, uh, it's – I think it's almost always the right move is to, to go narrow. People, people want to go big and say we, we, should, uh, we should have a huge target audience – and uh, it's, I think that's such a, a huge mistake when you're starting out to, to try to reach everyone. Because as they say, when you're talking to everyone, you're talking to no one. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was like you've known me athlete. When I started, I remember thinking because there weren't a lot of – there really online, there wasn't much in the, in the plant-based fitness space. There was almost nothing. And that was why I felt the need to start it. But when I did, I was like – I, it's funny now to, to look because it's such a big niche now, um, just the plant-based everything. But – then it was like, if I'm trying to, to reach this cross-section between runners and people who happen to be vegetarian or vegan, um, like how tiny is that little intersection? And back then it was much smaller for sure. And I was I was just so worried. I thought this is going to be too small. Like I, you need to talk to more people. You need to make it just running or just vegetarian, vegan stuff. But uh, I think had I done that, it would have very likely been doomed to failure. But it because, because it was so narrowly defined – uh, it just lets you connect with people who who get it, and and that's uh, that's so much more important than than reaching tons of people who don't really care that much about you. Right, right. absolutely. So um, I we'll wrap it up here, but I think I just as a final question, I, I my hope is that people listening to this um, will be inspired to do something on their own, whether whether it's a podcast or a blog or a running group or who knows what. But uh, I think that to me, that's that's why I wanted to have you on because I just it's so special to me to see that. To see you guys, you know, starting Nomad Athlete Group and my involvement in that for sure, and then seeing something spawn off of that, uh, or as a result of that, that has nothing to do with me whatsoever, and that's just like this thing that came about because that started. Um, that that to me is so rewarding to see. So I'm, I just want to encourage other people to do the exact same thing. And I know, like, even the Oklahoma City group was talking after they heard about Plant Today in Miami, was saying like, "Hey, we should make a podcast for our for our group." Um, I think they were talking more about a group podcast, whereas yours is more like a new separate thing. But uh, just just for like people who have have the curiosity to start uh, specifically a podcast, what do you guys do to get started? Like first steps. Um, I don't know because we started ours four years ago, so it was much different steps to, to start. I think it was just different. There weren't as many services. Um, I'm just kind of wondering, like, but like, are, can you give people kind of some specific, like, here's exactly what you do to start a podcast these days? Google. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so, um, we, entrepreneur on fire. Uh huh. Um, what is his, is John, John Dumas? Lee Dumas. Yeah. yeah John, John Lee Dumas. Dumas. Yep. He you hear had... me on there? Huh? Did you hear my episode on there a long time ago? Oh no. Yeah. Go back in the archives. It was from when my book came out, uh, 2000, it was like, I don't know, October, 2013 or so. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'll I'm going to check, check that out. <laughs> All right. Um, he's like, he, he I mean, he's a wealth of knowledge. You know what I mean? Like he oh, yeah. learned a lot from him. He has a book on there that you just, you know, put in your email or whatever. And it, it gives you step by step on how to start the podcast. And so Mary Catherine star from star. Oh yeah. Mary Catherine star. She, um, she has a podcast called Starstruck yeah. radio. And, um, she kind of put like, um, a very 10 step, how to start a podcast, you know, thing. We like printed all this information out. Uh-huh. Just, 
started reading it and um, bought the equipment. And I think my, my biggest um, recommendation to someone is just to, to do one thing every single day toward that goal. Like if you want to start the podcast, like literally print out, John, you know, John's uh, booklet, you know what I mean? And then just keep it in your car. And if you don't read it, just keep it in your car. <laughs> And um, then, you know, we bought the equipment and uh, we actually use Adobe Audition rather than GarageBand like right. a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a big learning curve on that. There were a couple of F-bombs dropped, <laughs> 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 but we finally got the hang of it. And um, <clears throat> yeah, you just like chip at it every single day. You know, it's like it's not going to be easy because, you know, it's not something you've ever done before. So don't expect to just get it right away. Um, but it, you know, once you do it, it definitely is worth it. Yeah. And I think we're getting more comfortable with each episode on the microphone because as soon as that red light turns on on the mic, <laughs> oh yeah, I had a tendency to just, you know, he turns up. into radio Alex. Hello, <laughs> Alexander. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was, that was a little challenging for me. I mean, it's, it's kind of ironic because I'm, I'm an introvert, you know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Again, I mean, No Meat Athlete and the podcast has really forced me to come out of my shell. Um, and I think that's pretty cool. But you're Just a musician, see- right? You're a performer. Yeah, that's true. And But, you know, you, you get on stage and you kind of turn into this other person. Right, you know? right. Uh, so that, that kind of helps with, helps with that. But definitely that's, that's been helpful as well, having that experience. Great. Um, so not to, get, not to get too specific and boring into podcast nerd stuff, but I, I do think that – most people who want to start something, like my mom, for example, has been start talking about a podcast, and I think people people can grasp the idea of, okay, I know how to record something. They don't quite know how hard it's going to be to actually record. Like you said, once that red light comes on, that it takes a long time to get used to that and be able to be comfortable. Uh, even if you consider yourself someone who's not not an introvert, it just it just changes kind of the conversation. It makes it makes it a little bit uh, tighter because now it's like, hey, people are going to be listening to this, but um. I think people can, can grasp the recording. How do you actually get yours up online? Like, how do you? I think that's where people are like, I could never figure out how to actually get it up into iTunes. Do you use the service or anything, or do you just, have you just followed steps and, and kind of done it, uh, you know, self-hosted or whatever the free? I know we use Lipson. Okay, that's what we used to. Yeah, yeah, and that that to us has been the easiest. Yeah, you know, it's very just, simple. Yeah, you plug it in, and then you you know you submit it to iTunes. I'll tell you that once we saw our podcast on iTunes, like. <laughs> yeah, I know. It feels yeah, like it's real. Like, it's like the best day of our life. We're like, oh my gosh, we cannot believe that we're our voices can be heard anywhere in the world. <laughs> yep, pretty neat. So yeah, so if you're thinking, I mean, I would tell your listeners if they're thinking about doing a podcast, um, definitely, definitely do it because there's a lot of fun. And again, just go into it with no expectation and and just have fun, like enjoy the ride, and and we yep. love it. That, and for anyone listening, that is Libsyn. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N uh, dot com. Stands for Liberated Syndication. And it's a service that I think, I don't know if they're different plans, but we pay something like like $15 a month. I think, I think that's what we do. Yeah. yeah. And it just it just handles everything. You can see the stats. You, all you have to do is upload it there, and they'll host it, and they'll get it out to iTunes and Stitcher and everything else. And you don't need to then worry about going and updating all these different platforms. Uh, so it, it's definitely worth it. It just makes makes a big a big learning curve situation somewhat smaller. Uh, by by eliminating that part, so so do that. And I have no like financial affiliation with them, other than sending them a check every single month for fifteen dollars. <laughs> but so I'm, I'm recommending it because it's a good service, not not because I stand to gain by it. Um, that's that's it. I mean, this has been great. I think this has been a, a very different kind of Nomad Athlete Radio episode because usually we interview athletes and I don't know cookbook authors and things like this. But I, this for me personally hey, is something that that. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just love this stuff, talking about this stuff, not just because it's about the nomad athlete groups, which mean a tremendous amount to me, but uh, this whole idea of, like we said, picking yourself and just going out and, and saying, hey, like, I don't, I don't need someone to tell me I can be a leader. I'm just going to go do it. And uh, it's amazing that there's so much opportunity to do that sort of thing. Like you said, you can get on iTunes and suddenly anyone in the world can hear you. So uh, it's an amazing opportunity, and I, I just don't want people to, to take that for granted or waste that. So if you're listening to this, uh, check out Alex and Jeanette's podcast. It's called Planted in Miami. Go to plantedinmiami.com or in the iTunes store. Just search for Planted in Miami and uh, download one of, the, one of the five episodes that are there and see what they're doing. So you can think about starting your own podcast or just do it to hear the stories and see what is going on down in Miami. So Alex and Jeanette, thank you so much for your time. Uh, this has been fun for me, and and thank you for all you've done with the Nomad Athlete Group. Uh, it's it's just those mean the world to me, and and to see them succeeding like yours has is uh, is really really rewarding. Thank you so much, Matt. Thank you. All right, good luck with everything. I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, bye. Bye. All right, bye.